Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Black Women Know Sports podcast. Today, I am joined by Sydney Lawson, who is the project manager for the Chris Paul Family Foundation. Sydney, the floor is yours. Introduce yourself and let everyone know more about what you do. Of course. Well, thank you, Jaden, for having me. Um, as I mentioned to you earlier, I, of course, do not love doing podcasts, but you reached out and I'm like, I think you are absolutely amazing. So I would love to. Um, but as Jaden mentioned, I am the project manager for the Chris Paul Family Foundation. Um, I have been there for two and a half years. Um, and I pretty much handle everything that kind of goes through the foundation, whether it's event planning, um, whether it's connecting with community orgs, whether it's any type of outreach that happens in the community, everything kind of funnels through the foundation. As we all know, Chris is like really big in the community. So that is, you know, a huge task. And I'm so grateful that they, you know, trusted me enough to bring me on to the team. Um, I graduated from North Carolina A&T in 2020. My parents both went to A&T and it's where they met. So I was destined to go to A&T, of course, but I'm excited to be here today. How was your Aggie experience? Yes. So I started in August of 2017. Um, and during my time, like my first year I spent on campus, I lived in Blair Hall and I did all the fun stuff and I made obviously a ton of friends. I worked for the men's basketball team and I also worked for football. Anyone that knows me, they will probably laugh every time they hear this. I hated football. Like I, it was just not for me. I had no clue what was going on. Like the sport has just never been for me, but basketball, obviously, like I knew a little bit more about the sport and you got to interact a little bit more with the players. Um, I kind of had an idea that I wanted to work with sports of some sort. I just didn't know, you know, what that kind of looked like for me. Um, transition and fast forward to summertime during A&T years, I would intern at different um, sports teams or for NBA All-Star. I worked at Chris Paul Basketball Academy in Winston-Salem, so it's about 30 minutes away from school. Um, so it was really, it was really cool to just kind of meet different people, um, people that I may work with now, people that I might work with in the future, just kind of interacting and, and reaching out and making sure that I was making the most of my time there to get me to where I am now. And so were you a journalism major? I was not. So funny enough, I was actually a finance major. Um, and I ended up switching to economics, but I was not a finance girl. I knew that going into school, that it, sports was not something that was easy to get into. So I figured if I had a finance background, I could get a job anywhere at some point. So it was more like a backup plan. Um, we also don't really have, or ANC doesn't necessarily have a sports management program. So for me, I, I knew I didn't want to go into like athletic training or anything on the medical side of sports. I was like, I can get finance. I can, you know, work really hard to get the internships for things that I wanted to do. And then I can use both, put them together and get into my career. Nice. So you were a Kobe kid, not a Crosby kid. I was, I was, I was always in Dean or Merrick. So, well, Dean is not Dean anymore, is it? Or excuse me, Craig, I'm sorry. Craig. <laughs> you looked and you're like, wait a minute, what right is that? Behind it. <laughs> and so what went into your love for finance? So actually nothing. I, again, I did not love it. I knew that I liked math, um, but I wasn't really sure what the finance world kind of was, like what different opportunities there were. I just knew you hear finance growing up and you know that you can get a job anywhere with finance because there's so many different parts of it. So for me, I just knew I didn't want to go into something that was heavy on writing. Um, I was good at writing. I had to do it. So I was like, I need to find something that's math based. And so I just kind of went with finance and that was really it. Um, I'm big on your major doesn't determine like where you're going to end up in your career, especially now doing what I'm doing. I think that like just going into finance helped me understand 
things that I didn't want to do within sports, which was nice because I knew I didn't want to go in the medical side. And now I knew I didn't want to necessarily go into like the accounting or like data analytics kind of side of it. So Sydney, growing up, what was your favorite basketball team? Did you have a team? I didn't have a team funny. Well, I had a team, but I didn't have a team. So my dad and my brother were like really big into sports. I was into sports, but I couldn't figure out like where my love was. I knew I liked being around it, but I hated playing it. Um, I was born and raised in South Jersey. So 10 minutes away is Philadelphia. So the Sixers were like the home team. They still are the home team to me. Um, Allen Iverson obviously was like a huge inspiration growing up. So I would be so excited like to ever just meet him and and know that like, oh, my childhood version would absolutely love this. (laughs) How did you hear about the project managing um, position for the Chris Paul Family Foundation? So actually, I didn't hear about it. So funny enough, in 2019, the fall semester of 2019, Chris and his team um, brought a Harvard business class to A&T and they did like a kickoff course and it was called the Business of Entertainment, Media and Sports. Um, and so they were kind of launching it to see if it would be of interest to students, obviously on A&T's campus, me wanting to go into sports, but knowing that there weren't many sports courses outside of the medical side, I was like, this is like something that I want to go to. So I went to the course um, and I thought it was like phenomenal. And I was like, I want to get into this class whenever it launches. It launched that spring. Um, so I got into that course. We did that course. Now, now we're talking spring of 2020. So we know COVID's coming, but we didn't know it then. <laughs> so we did obviously January, February, and then middle of March. I think right after spring break was when COVID kind of just ended everything. But beginning of March, end of February, um, Chris's team had came in to kind of shadow the class. And it was Chris's parents. Um, it was a woman who works for basketball foundations under CAA, Hillary Thomas. And then it was Jacqueline and Carmen who also work with me now for with Chris. Um, And so they kind of came in, they shadowed the class. And, you know, after the class, I kind of went up and introduced myself. And obviously, you know, you want to kind of make those connections. But I knew at the time, you know, I kind of expressed a bit of interest. And again, I was interning at his academy. So his parents remembered who I was, and they had an idea that I was somewhat into getting into sports some way, somehow. Um, so fast forward, obviously to COVID, then it was kind of like, oh, you know, what do we do now? Nobody really knows how that goes. So a year later, actually in April of 21, um, Jacqueline had called me and it was like eight o'clock on, I don't know, a weekday or something. And so she called and I actually missed the call. So the next day she called back and her and Carmen were on the phone and they were like, look, we would love to bring you on. Um, Chris does a lot of community work and things like that. Like, we would love to have you on our team if you're interested. Um, and funny enough, in that same, it was like a Friday. So like in that weekend, it was really cool because I ended up getting three other job offers at the same exact time. So <laughs> four months after graduation, I went from no you know, interviews, no nothing to four job offers at one time. And I something about Carmen and Jacqueline, and even to this day, I, I speak so highly of them. Of, I, I knew that those were the people that I wanted to work for and work with because they are just fantastic people. And so two and a half years later, I'm still here. That's an awesome story. I love that. I love Thank that. You. <laughs> um, what would you say is kind of like the hardest thing about project managing? And then also one of the things that bring you the most joy? Oh, I love that. Okay. So I will start with what brings me the most joy. I have not fully realized this my entire life, but I am like excessive with like gift giving. I love buying gifts. I love like doing things for other people. And I didn't realize that like, they call it love language. So like, that's probably like my love language is like giving gifts and things like that. But I didn't realize even when Carmen and Jacqueline had called me initially, 
I didn't know that I wanted to work in foundation. I was like, I never really had a passion in working for community. And to work with our students and our organizations that we work with, it brings me so much joy. I wish I could tell you, like, when people donate things, I am always like, I always giggle because I'm like, I cry over everything. Like, if people donate things for our students, if they, you know, donate money, if they want to do fundraisers with us, if they want to help the students in some way and work with us in some capacity, whether it's highlighting our students, whether it's connecting with them just to have a conversation, that is what brings me the most joy. Like, when students, come back and they're like, Hey, Miss Sydney, like, you know, I did this, this and that. And I'm just like, my heart is like so full. So I love just being able to give back to different communities because at the end of the day, something I think we don't realize is like, that was me before. Like I, you know, I was those, that person that went to the Y and that went to, you know, these after school programs and things like that, because I just didn't grow up in a place where I had access to other things. So for me, it's just kind of like a full circle moment. And I really enjoy hopefully being the person for them that I feel like I needed when I was a kid. The hardest part of being a project manager for me is really, it's not necessarily to stay organized. I'm really organized. I really love communicating with people. I actually have found a new passion for like planning events and learning different things um, about that. I think the hardest part for me is... I'll, I'll say two things. The one thing is, at first, was being able to handle 5 million things at one time. Um, Chris is so well-versed in so many things. And so there's always something going on, whether it's a slow season or not. So for me, in the beginning, I'm like, I can't handle all these things together. Like, I need to figure it out. So I leaned on a lot of our team to be able to help me in those ways or teach me or, you know, go through it with me. So that was something that was big. And then I think the second hardest thing for me, which... I still try to deal with, you know, every single day is having the solution-based mindset and not necessarily like panicking automatically because I was always like a huge, like I'm going to panic first and then I'll ask you later. I still do that here and there. Like it is what it is, but I try my best to like, okay, we're not going to panic. We're going to figure it out because something always goes wrong. As much as you think you can plan it out, something always goes wrong. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, you just got to deal with life. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> as much as we hate it, we're like, you know, you just got to go with it. So whenever you're doing this for Chris Paul, do you ever get to travel with him during NBA season? Or do you ever get to branch out? Or is this something that you do that's completely virtual? So funny enough, a lot of people think when they hear about the foundation, that there's so many people on the team. Um, myself, Carmen and Jacqueline, we all work like super close with Chris and his family. So we get to do a ton of different things. Um, my summer is always super hectic because of typically traveling East Coast to West Coast um, to do, you know, whatever we have kind of going on. And then the different markets that Chris plays in or has played in, um, we do things in those areas. So a lot of my role is travel. And that was something that took me a long time to get used to. Um, something outside of foundation that I got to do this year, which was actually really, really cool, was um, he released his book 61 in June. And so we did a book tour and it was in New York, it was in New Jersey, it was in Atlanta, it was in North Carolina, it was in LA. So like, just kind of being able to see that all come together was like really cool for me because it was something outside of just foundation work. But I also got to connect with a lot of different companies and a lot of different partners and just kind of figure out like, hey, you know, here's the foundation, like, do you want to do anything with the foundation alongside talking about Chris's book? And so that's been, it's been really cool um, to just kind of see those different things happen and be able to travel, you know, with my team and like do different things like that um, together. Have you had a chance to read 61? <laughs> we have an inside joke about that, but yes, I have had a chance to read 61. I actually, I just had it out somewhere earlier. 
Um, but I actually kind of marked it up because I, I really enjoy the book. And a lot of our foundation is centered around the meaning behind 61. And so for me, it was important for me to read the book and understand, you know, how Chris felt in those moments, but also what was important to his family. Because for me, at the end of the day, the name of the foundation is the Chris Paul Family Foundation. It's not the Sydney Lawson Foundation. So while I might love something over here, they might want to do it this way because that's what they're passionate about. So I wanted to make sure that I was able to kind of read and fully digest the book and understand like really what they went through during that time and what the meaning was and the lessons that they learned to be able to incorporate that over the next few years. How cool of an individual is Chris Paul in person? <laughs> That's so funny that he's he's cool. Now he, Chris is, is amazing. He is one of the most down to earth people you will probably ever meet. Um, we talk, myself and um, my friend who interned at the academy at the same time as him, or at the same time as me, excuse me, we talk about the first time that we met Chris. And I remember like two years ago, I asked him if he had remembered the first time he met us. And he was like, yeah, I remember. And he's like, because you guys tried to act like you didn't like want to talk to me. And I was like, we're trying not to act all excited to meet you. But he's, I mean, he's been amazing. His family is absolutely amazing. Um they're with the times and we always joke about things and they're just, it's, it's like one big family. And I think that's the coolest thing about it is you can kind of, you know, get to know who they are as people and not just like the Chris Paul that we see on TV playing basketball and things like that. And I think that that's the best part about it is just to see how much he really cares about the work that gets done and the work that he does on his business side and things like that, like that it's really inspiring. Um, I talk about, you know, the book tour and like, he found time to work out twice a day, half the time. And I'm like, how did you find that when I feel like I had no time, but like things like that, I'm like, oh, I've got to be better. I've got to be better because if I have two things to do in the day, I tell myself I don't have time to work out. If he can find two times to work out on a busy schedule like that, I can figure it out for sure. <laughs> and that's um, going to lead to my follow-up. What is the biggest thing that you think you've learned from Chris or just from being in, in this foundation that you take with you on a daily basis? That's a really good question. That's a good question. You go, girl. <laughs> I think the biggest thing that I feel that I've learned from Chris, and this isn't like he hasn't sat down and been like, this is a life lesson. It's just kind of been watching him. I think for me, I, I tell a lot of people this, like for me, the, the coolest thing to see is somebody that is so busy, that has so much going on. He's a husband he's a basketball player he's a businessman he's an investor like there's so many different he's somebody that works in the community like he does so many different things and a lot of times naturally we just find ourselves making excuses to say we don't have time or you know whatever the case is and I think just kind of seeing the effort he makes in making sure that he puts his family first making sure that he takes time to take care of himself again the working out um, making sure that he makes time for business and actually interacting with the people when he goes and not just like, okay, I'm going to show up and then I'm going to leave and really doing things that fit him. If you ever get a chance to kind of talk to Chris or watching in the interviews, one of the biggest things he says is he doesn't take any deals that don't align with him. That's a really cool thing. Cause I can imagine being in a position like that and whatever you're offering me, I could be like, oh, I really want that, but it doesn't align with me and having a hard time saying no to that. So for me, I think that that's kind of, you know, two of the biggest things that I have learned from him is that we have time to do everything. We all get the same 24 hours. Um, and also just making sure that I'm staying true to myself and doing things that align with my goals and my values. Very well said. 
And with you, with Chris being with the Warriors now, um, are you looking forward to anything special this season? Are you guys going to do anything special in that area of California? Kind of take me through what this NBA season will look like. So funny enough, um, just as much as you would like to figure out what that looks like, I am also doing the same. Um, So when I started with Chris was right when he started with the Suns. So for me, this is my first new team. Um, so for me, it was it was also, it was funny. I remember thinking this is such a transition for me. I didn't realize it, but it was also a transition for everybody. And so, you know, obviously there's Steph Curry there. He's got an amazing foundation that I've always kind of, you know, been able to be like, I love this foundation. Like, I want to see the things that they do and things like that. So whether it's connecting with Steph's foundation, whether it's connecting with the community organizations in um, San Francisco and Oakland, like, that's really the biggest thing. Um, as far as like different events, holiday season's coming up and we always have a ton going on. So definitely be sure if you're in the San Francisco area to come visit us. But otherwise, you know, we're excited to show everyone what we're going to do. Awesome, Sydney. Well, thank you so much. I do want to know where can people see you and follow you? Oh, my goodness. Okay, so... My LinkedIn, you can just find me at Sydney Lawson. Um, you will see my image in a shirt, actually, or something similar to this. Um, and then my Instagram is the Sydney Lawson. I'm not really big on anything else. Um, so those are probably the two platforms that you can find me. But thank you so much for having me. And I, I really enjoyed this. Of course. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Black Women No Sports podcast. To learn more about our speaker or to shop Black Women No Sports apparel, head over to the links in my show notes. I'll see you next week with another very important guest.